because the, the power mm-hmm. that lies in it within me is just it's always it's, it's omnipresent i can't turn mine off even when i want to be vulnerable even in my sadness it's still a controlled environment for me so i would say i don't i don't normally function any lower than a nine in power that's Rhonda brunson and this is the powerful ladies podcast Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. I hope that you'll be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. Rhonda Brunson, Miss B Credit Queen, is a force of nature. She's a powerful lady. She's a multipreneur who by day helps clients build their credit profile, is on the board of the National Association of Credit Counselors and spends her nights and weekends running her other businesses, including a travel business. This woman is on fire, and I can't wait for you to hear all the knowledge she drops in this episode. Get ready and get your pens out. You're going to want to take notes. All that and so much more coming up, but first. Being an entrepreneur or a small business owner is hard, but the good news is it's much easier when you have a coach and a community. The Powerful Ladies online community gives you both. It's where powerful ladies and powerful entrepreneurs from around the world discover clarity, produce results, and experience success at new levels. Because together, we thrive. As a member, you get access to master a new skill for business every month, network, brainstorm, and collaborate with like-minded women, get access to Powerful Ladies events, our library, resources, and more. Participate in group coaching and workshops led by a multipreneur business coach. And you get the accountability and inspiration to stay on track and make it happen. Join today at thepowerfulladies.com. Well, thank you for being on the Powerful Ladies podcast. Thank you. Um, you are a powerful lady that I had the pleasure of meeting by being on a Facebook show with you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's tell everyone who you are and all the amazing things that you're up to. Okay. So my name is Rhonda, but they call me the credit queen. And for the last 16 years, I've been preaching and teaching the credit gospel to all who will listen. I am a licensed financial educator and a certified credit counselor. I sit currently on the board of the National Association of Credit Counselors. Um, I own a, a financial firm called Miss B Credit Queen. Um, also have a nonprofit called Project Restore Be More, where our goal is to slow gentrification and allow minorities assistance in purchasing homes. Mm-hmm. I also have a sales company, uh, which allows people to duplicate and be me in different states. And my last little business is a travel company uh, I started called The Queen Travels Cheap, where we focus on discount traveling. Very exciting. (laughs) What was it that caused you to get into credit and helping people with credit? My first job was at Singular Wireless. Um, I mean, people may not remember Singular because it was forever ago, but it was was in 2000. And I started there as an assistant manager. And they, they told me that we would be doing credit checks, but they never told me what it meant. I mean, at that time, I was fresh out of high school. I had no clue what they were mm-hmm. talking about. And um, so I was noticed that people would get approved zero deposit and then some people would get approved with, you know, thousand um, dollars deposit. Like, well, what's wrong with them? What's the difference? So mm-hmm. um, I think from there, I, I left there still pretty curious. I just knew that their denial or their reason had was based on credit. Then mm-hmm. um, I, from there, I went into a collections environment. I started working for a company called NCO. And uh, NCO was a very popular debt collector. They would collect for student loans, medical bills, mm-hmm. nothing like that. Right now, you would see them on your credit report as Transworld Systems. But okay. um, when I worked there, I started understanding, like, oh, okay, so you don't pay your bills and you end up in a company like this. And then mm-hmm. we basically were negotiating and arbitrating debt, trying to come up with settlement. Um, and then from there, I went to um, Debtscape, which was a credit counseling organization. So. All of the, the companies I've worked for have created this idea that I could be a business that filled in a gray area. So mm-hmm. I straddle the line between debt and credit, I help people understand that their overall financial behaviors is what is implicated in the credit score, but it's based off of how you're managing your debt. Two totally different things, they work together. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that that is what you've created because financial literacy is one of my like passion topics. Mm-hmm. Um, when I I can't be the leader of powerful ladies and being even a business coach and not be advising people on getting more uh, financially literate because it impacts everything. You really can't be empowered until you know how it works. You know what your credit score is. You know how to get out of debt. You know how to like manage all the money stuff because it impacts everything in your life. Um, You know, there's so many frustrations that you and I have talked about previously about how people just don't know how money works. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, do you see solutions for people getting self-educated or changing the system or having more people like you to let everyone know how it really does work? It depends. I mean, <clears throat> resources have been out there for years. I mean, I've been doing this mm-hmm. for 16 years, right? Mm-hmm. And I used mm-hmm. to um, be on the board of a nonprofit in PG County, uh, mm-hmm. close to DC. And we would go into schools and we would set up shop and we couldn't get any grants or funding because no one was interested in putting money in that place. And so we were, we were trying to move mm-hmm. forward thinking, oh, yes, it's going to be an easy fit. People want their kids to know financial literacy. Yeah, not so much. So Mm -hmm. it it just really depends upon the audience. I can be brought in to do um, one-on-one workshops with people's individual children or with their churches, but on a a whole scale, no, people are so embarrassed about finances. And I really, if you can tell, I don't get embarrassed about much. So uh, (laughs) people are so embarrassed about finance that I would like to make the topic less taboo. That is what Mm -hmm. I try to promote on social media. If I can give you some some more watered down, realistic understandings of how all of this works together, maybe you'll feel comfortable talking about it. So I don't Mm -hmm. know that anything necessarily needs to change. People have to take accountability and wake up. It has to become important. And not in the ninth hour, not when you want to apply for something and you have no money and no credit. It has Mm -hmm. to be part of your everyday lifestyle. Yeah. Um, It seems like it's something that... Um, kind of fits into both the access and the generational wealth topic as well, because how you learn about money is usually at home because there's nowhere else that it would come to you unless you seek it uh, often. That's very true. And we see that, uh, especially in my community, we see that a lot. Those type of things are handed Mm -hmm. down. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember I did a workshop, I cannot remember her name, with the National Association of Credit Counselors. And they had me on after this other speaker. We were the same age. She was born in, I don't know where. She was born somewhere else, but she was Caucasian. And she was talking about how, I think her parents gave her her first home. I was like, that's not my story. <laughs> that is not my story. Now, granted, I was raised technically upper, upper middle class, right? So my mm-hmm. mom bought me cars. She never gave me a house though. So, you know, she was talking about, um, you know, they did this for me and I was this financially stable one. And that's cool, but that means that your audience is going to be different. My audience, mm-hmm. we're getting it out the mud. We are building it, though. That's the yeah. difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think that some people don't even know that they can build it up or that they have options to break out of the cycle. Um, right. You know, part of what got me into uh, financial literacy was mm-hmm. taking a Dave Ramsey program. And like all the work that he does in getting people just to know, like, this is how it works. And this is why, um, this is why you don't realize how you're being influenced and controlled by all of these different people giving you credit. Right. Mm -hmm. And and, and along those lines, that influence and control that sales, that marketing, people's desire to save has to be greater than their desire to spend. And Mm -hmm. what we know, even with, um, like the Trump campaign and Cambridge Analytica, all of yeah. those algorithms play into our everyday lives anyway. So some mm-hmm. of the things that we would not really even think of buying instantly pop up on our timeline. And if we think we have a few extra dollars, we'll buy it without guilt. We had to learn mm-hmm. how to disconnect. Um, same thing with the mechanism of credit karma. The reason it's free is because they make so much money selling your information. So those credit card companies that are high interest rates, high annual fees. They're going to pretty much keep you spiraling in debt forever. Those are the ones that are interested in the people who want this free service because they know that those are going to be their, their victim. I can, I can sell to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I love that you use the, I love that you use the word victim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause that it's, um, they, it is like, you know, people talk about business being, 
like greedy and bad. And so often it's not, right? Business is a transaction of a value. But where you do see kind of the dark side of business regularly and repeatedly is in um, credit, like people who are selling you credit, because it's not always with your best interests in mind, if ever. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, go ahead, please, please let me know. Yeah, Yeah, no, I totally, I agree with, Mm -hmm. with what you're saying. But then it limits the responsibility of the recipient. So I can't oh, yep. say mm-hmm. I'm a victim. I'm a victim, but I never read the contract, and I yep. was so desperate I took it anyway. Like that's not. Mm-hmm. And I get clients like that who will say, "Well, I got in an accident. I went straight to the dealership. I brought another car. I didn't read it. Now I know my interest rate is twenty seven percent. They got me. No, 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 no. You got you." Mm-mm. Because mm-hmm. you were mm-hmm. so desperate, you didn't move in the right way. And sometimes our most our most expensive, our, what is it? Our biggest lessons are our most expensive. I, you know, thank you for bringing that up. I think that's so important because taking responsibility is a whole part of the conversation about our money stories in the first place. That's very true. And um, mm-hmm. but there are there's still predatory lending. There are mm-hmm. predatory loans, but then there's ignorance and stupidity. And yeah. if you're sitting at the table and it doesn't feel right, the need to drive this 1996 Benz has got to go because you're not going to be able to, to really make another bank understand why you would take a risk on a 14-year-old car just to look good and then come back to me and say, I don't want it anymore. Cars aren't mm-hmm. shoes. You can't send them mm-hmm. back. So we mm-hmm. have to take responsibility for our own actions. It's, it, we, we can't always shift the blame to the bank. Yeah. How much of the work you do is in that mindset space of like rewiring how people think about money and spending and like what they're doing with the the money that they do have? A hundred percent. And actually Mm -hmm. somewhere in my bio, I think it says I spend my days helping people relearn what they thought they knew Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the understanding of credit is so different. Um, You know, I'll get some people whose mindset is if I have an 800 score, I can buy anything. If you have an 800 score, you can be denied. If you have a 580, you can buy anything. Like there is no rhyme or reason. There's no such thing as a true score. What we're looking to do is to perfect your behavior so that banks trust you. I'm working on your storyline and your lifestyle. I'm not necessarily working on your credit. I love that, that it's a storyline of you and how you show up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When, how much satisfaction do you get out of these businesses that you've created and helping people in this space? Oh, it's a blessing and a curse. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at what I do, right? And, and I think you were on, I, I was on a call with you uh, last month, maybe when I talked about um, why I do this. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but um, this is something that God gave me. So every time I've tried to quit it, it just gets better. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do something else. So um, mm-hmm. uh, recently, uh, because of COVID, my business increased 80%, right? So That's I'm wild. Not, I'm Congratulations. And it went down. Yeah, wait a minute. So <laughs> because um, the demand is up, I don't mm-hmm. have a product. I'm offering a service. Mm-hmm. People call me to dump everything they have on my shoulders. So if I'm going maybe from three to four appointments a day to 24 mm-hmm. to 30 appointments a day, that's too much for me. So yeah. I, I financially, I'm successful. Sometimes I'm miserable because when I'm thinking about your time frame, when I'm thinking about your kids, when I'm thinking about all these things going on in your life and how we still get these dots connected so that you can get to your goal, it's a lot for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I just started, um, I'm only taking in new clients every other week. So this week coming, I'm technically off. I can focus on old business, but I was really getting burnt out. And because I am so focused on um, Mississippi Credit Queen, it is difficult to tend to the other ones the way I want to. Um, so for the, the Queen Travels Cheap, I'm going to Vegas on Tuesday. Usually what I do is I turn my vacation into a blog. And then if mm-hmm. you want to, to become a part of that, company membership, whatever, then you'll sign up for it. But it's just trying to find little opportunities to do other things in this environment because it is, real estate is crazy right now. It really is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm surprised at what industries are taking off now because you wouldn't think that 
when people are in quarantine that they're like, I got to buy a house. And you're like, wait, what? Why does everybody want to buy a house all of a sudden? Right. And I don't think anyone was more surprised than me. When we first started dealing with Corona, I was like, that's it. We are going to die. And that's how I felt like this is it. It's going to be like an episode of um, uh, Last Man on Earth. It's yes. going to be empty houses. So I was like, man, I don't even got to do any credit. And I took like a break for a week or two. And people kept mm-hmm. scheduling. I was like, wait, what is this? I couldn't believe the increase in volume. Also, mm-hmm. though, the stimulus helped. And yes. I used people's stimulus checks to um, do settlements with other banks. Um, not being able to go anywhere has helped. People are seeing mm-hmm. an increase in their bank account. So they mm-hmm. had nailed the money and the time and the resources to actually get work done. So I, I'm yes. so grateful. I'm not complaining, but I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did a great job, right? Because you just did a whole self-care trip, right? You went and kind of hid for a while. I did. And, and even still, like today, for example, this morning, I got a, um, a text message from mm-hmm. a client saying, hey, I refreshed my report. Something, something. I said, that's great. But it's Sunday because uh-huh. I have to continue to create boundaries. People don't care. People want to communicate with you all the time. A lot of it has to do with that social media thing. They feel like they know you and they connect. Right. So now I'm your good girlfriend. No, no, no. But not on Sundays. Like I still need yeah. <laughs> my boundaries. Yes. So yeah, I did, but it's still, I'm, it's still in the in works. I'm going to have to learn how to turn my phone off on the weekends, honestly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's um that, the concept of the more successful you get, the bigger wall you have to build. Yes. And, you know, people wonder like, how can somebody charge you know, like Tony Robbins, you want to go to his mastermind? It's $250,000. Why? Because the demand is so high right. that he has to build that wall so he can stay sane. Right. <laughs> like, that's really what it is. Right. It's not like right. he's like, nope, I'm worth millions of dollars given to me. He's like, no, like that's just where the demand pushed these things. I would imagine in the space that you're you're helping people, everyone who comes to you has a money concern right? So then how do you look at how you price things for your services based on being in a uh, money concern environment already with customers? So my price point typically is $0 to Mm -hmm. Mm $2,500. And in all packages, you have the ability to make installment payments. If we're speaking, because even even if, if we're working on credit, more than likely, there's a certain amount of money you're going to need outside of me just to settle old debt. If mm-hmm. you don't have that, then you are not my client right now. It yeah. is not my job to add to your financial burden. And I will explain that to you. I want you to mm-hmm. come back. So if you're talking to me and you're telling me, Rhonda, right now I'm in between jobs, it is ethically wrong and morally wrong mm-hmm. of me to take you as a client. But I'm not going out of business. So whenever you yeah. get back on your feet, you'll come back. But I would never, mm-hmm. I don't do that. I don't, and I definitely let people know you don't need me. Here is what you mm-hmm. do on your own. I think that's so great that you said that. There's a lot of clients that I work with who are service based, and you know, when you first start out, they can be so hungry for like the first couple of, of sales. But knowing who you do not want to work with or who isn't right for you as a client is so important because. I mean, imagine if you took everybody, like you would have hundreds of clients all the time, and you like my commitment is always. Who's a client that I can get a five-star review from? Mm-hmm. How can I how can I 10x whatever they invest in me for where they're they're going yeah. as a minimum? Um, but it's hard. It's like some that's some of the most challenging parts. And I, but I bet you learned that over time, right? Like who was right for you and who wasn't. That and you have to be okay with being arrogant. So because mm-hmm. it's it's this is it's your business. So if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah. And I know I spoke to a client earlier last week who was all over the place. He's spoken to maybe seven different credit restoration companies. He's telling them what he wants to see. And I'm telling him, oh, it's not going to work like that. This this is what we're going to do. What you going to do for me? Nothing. You know what? You're not even my ideal client. I really appreciate your Mm -hmm. time today. I wish you well on your journey. If you want, you can send me a follow-up email tell me how you made out. But it's not, this is not going to be a good mix for me. Number one, there's too much pressure. You're coming in with your own idea. And I didn't know that you had any type of certification in credit. One. Number two, Um, what you're asking for is impossible. Then mm-hmm. he went on to tell me about some fake social stuff. I was like, yeah, I gotta let you go because I don't advocate for any of those things. What we're working mm-hmm. on here is lifestyle change, independent yeah. of yours, not bringing in someone else's record and adjusting. No. So your mindset is wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and he, his ultimate goal was to buy 
a car that was like $100,000. He has no house. So I said, well, what, how much of a payment do you want? No more than 1200 That doesn't work because that would be a car that's $60,000. So what would you do to make up the other $1,200 you would need for this car payment? I said, listen, I'm talking to you from experience. And I said, you sound younger than me. I'm sure you are. I'm 38. Uh, in 2015, I bought a Porsche and a BMW. My Porsche payment was $860. My BMW payment was $1,200. I was spending $2,000 a month in cars. Mm-hmm. I will never do that again. And if I can help anyone, I will let them know. Don't do that. Because you, first of all, as a self-employed person, we can't take the risk. I didn't know that. I mean, 2015 mm-hmm. was an amazing year. 16 wasn't great. So mm-hmm. I, my bills remained the same, but my income had changed drastically when yeah. I moved out of town. So knowing how that goes, knowing that you don't have the desire to stick to a $1,200 a month payment for five years, that's a hell of a commitment. You haven't even stuck to rent that long. So mm-hmm. yeah, just trying to get people to understand those things, how those things work. That's, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. And to your point as well, it, like, why are you buying a $100,000 car if you haven't invested in real estate of any kind that you can actually do something with? Like that $100,000, you're never getting back. <laughs> Not Never getting it. Ever. Mm-mm. But that plays into society and, and how, mm-hmm. how we want wealth to look. So if this interview wasn't happening, I can almost guarantee I would look homeless right now in my <laughs> house. <laughs> because who's dressing? I have nowhere to be. I'm mm-hmm. chilling most of the time. Um, and then when you do catch me, I might have one a little outfit from Fashion Nova. And yeah. I know I make more money than a great percentage of my clients, but how I show up doesn't always match that. To them, they have to come with all the best on. I'm yeah. more excited about having money in my bank account. That's the yeah. mindset that we're always mm-hmm. trying to change. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was watching, um, someone had recently reposted uh, Chris Rock's um, special where he talked about wealth versus rich. And he's like, do you want to be wealthy or do you want to be rich? He's like, rich can go away in a summer and a bad drug habit, or, you know, you invested in all gold chains and didn't have a savings account. He's like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And I really think that that's part of the entire dialogue that we're not having about what, like, what is the purpose of all this work we're doing? If it's just to, you know, buy something that is really to impress somebody else versus ever be able to make any freedom of choice that we want ourselves. That's what I say. People definitely spend a lot of money impressing people that do not like them. And that's something (laughs) you want to go places to be seen by people that Mm -hmm. you know don't even like you. Um, I did read a book called Old Money. And every now and then I'll I'll stop past and I'll read it again. And I remember them talking about the uniform. Wealthy people wear polo shirts and khakis every day. They're Mm -hmm. not doing a lot, but rich people will be Louis Vuitton, damn, Gucci. It's a, it's a mindset. It's really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, I grew up in the Northeast for the most part between like Philadelphia, New York, and Boston. And a friend of mine gave me a book called the Preppy Handbook that came out in like 1981. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of a mockumentary of what it means to be preppy. Like these are the outfits you wear. These are the drinks you have. Like, and the truth is like in preppy ties back to that, like old money mentality of, like you said, a lot of, you don't see the flash in those spaces until you go to someone's house or you, you're like, oh, this is, this is one house. And like, you're like, wait, what? Suddenly like the money starts showing up in these hidden places because, um, they're not thinking short-term, they're thinking longer term. Right. And, um, well, when you think of powerful ladies, those words individually and those words combined, what does it mean to you? Women who are powerful to me are um, they're leaders, they're strong, they're independent, they're mm-hmm. spicy. You yeah. know, <laughs> I don't know. I think, I, and, and it's good to meet powerful ladies because sometimes mm-hmm. my energy is too much for people yep. who lack power. Mm-hmm. So I'm confident, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, I am very self aware. <clears throat> And I'm knowledgeable about my stuff. So it allows me to show up in a room a totally different way than someone that may, may lack those things. So to me, that's what powerful ladies are. It's a group of women, kind of like me, and, yeah. you know, that are on their stuff and, and mm-hmm. probably don't, don't engage with the word no too often. 
Uh, mm-hmm. They probably control the outcome. I always say that the word no has no power. I can always <laughs> turn a no into a yes. So I think that's what a powerful lady is. Yeah. No, I remember when I um, first met you on Trifa's show, I was like, her, I want to hang out with her. <laughs> no, because it's true. It's like, um, I don't understand um, people who think I can't or that no is an acceptable response. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know where this came from, mm-hmm. but since I've been little, it's been like, every time I hear a no, I'm like, okay, this is just a game. Yes. <laughs> this just means I need to get creative and figure out how can I still get what I want. <laughs> And I'm the same way. I've been, yeah. and I'm an only child, only grandchild. So no. Uh, <laughs> I literally would fall out like, but why? Okay, do you want to talk about it? You want to explain yes. it some? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that leads me to my next question, which is, um, if you go back to you when you're eight, would eight-year-old you um, imagine the life that you have and the career that you have today? Absolutely not. No, mm-hmm. okay. I think at eight year old, at eight years old, I wanted to be a Barbie or something. Like I didn't, I didn't have a, a, a real concept mm-hmm. of what I wanted. It was like either a fashion model or whatever was trending at the time. And then, yeah. um, as I got older, I thought I was going to do um, social work. I wanted to be a social worker in DC. And then, I don't even know how I got into this. It just seemed like everything I was doing created this. And it's so much better than what the yeah. lifestyle is that I would have designed for myself. Like I never would have thought I'd be living in Miami. Like I would have never thought I would have made a move mm-hmm. like that or have all these businesses. I, I, I kind of saw myself as an entrepreneur. The companies mm-hmm. I worked for, my team leads always said that I was way ahead of everyone else. Like you, know, you don't yeah. belong here. You don't, you know, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know. So no, I couldn't, I could not have imagined any of this at all. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Uh, I'm living this dream, but it's not the one that I thought that I was. I mean, I don't have kids. I'm not married yet. So all those things are going to happen. But I've got excellent businesses. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Still time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, moving for pe- starting businesses and relocating are two things that freak people out all the time. Yeah. Right. Like most people, it's like too much, too big, too many unknowns. You've done both. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think it is about you that you're like, of course, I'm just going to go up and go to Miami, or of course, I'm going to start this as a new business, or of course, this is another opportunity. I don't really believe that I can fail. So mm-hmm. um, part of that is faith. Part of that is family. So I'm mm-hmm. very connected to my mother and my grandmother, and I've never been able to go you know, too low. If something terrible was to happen, I know that I have some type of safety net that truly exists. Um mm-hmm. But also, I don't have a fear of failure. So mm-hmm. even when it comes to starting businesses, when I'm talking to people, they'll say, it's just not the right time. Ugh, I don't have the money. I started four companies, two of which are extremely successful with nothing. And mm-hmm. I don't have business credit. A lot of it established. Most of it is like small little business cards. I don't have mm-hmm. business loans. I don't have that overhead. I mm-hmm. used to have offices. I make buy a building in Baltimore again. Like, but I just never had this idea that even if it didn't work out, I was going to be embarrassed or I was going to be scared of that. So what? If I start something and it doesn't go well, so me and the Lord know that. You don't know that. I never talked to you. So I I, I don't see the issue with people just saying, okay, I'm going to do this because that is how I wake up every day, completely motivated. Okay. I'm going to do this. And that's what I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you do to keep yourself on your A game? Like, do you, are you, are you books? Are you a podcast? Are you listening to other success leaders? What are your things? Yeah. I wish I had time to do that. So no, Um, (laughs) you're just doing it. I'm just doing it. I'm kind of just like a robot at this point. Um, I think that what keeps me on my game though, is um, my my clients because I'm accountable to them. So whenever people give you money, or something, you have to be accountable to them. And they keep me mm-hmm. on point. I know that I have a responsibility. So even this week, um, I have payment cycles for the first and the 15th. Before I leave, I'm going to contact everyone for the 15th. That's my responsibility to them. I don't believe in leaving people hanging. I think if mm-hmm. I want my reputation and my business to stay positive and clean, then I have to do my part. So I think that they primarily, that them and their responsibilities keep me, keep me yeah. together. Who are the powerful ladies that have influenced your life and opened doors for you? One powerful lady that influenced my life and kind of changed what I was doing. Because in 2008, 
When my best friend and I started this company, he passed away in 2015. When we started, we didn't have a clue of what we were doing. And he did real estate and I had credit background, but trying to blend everything and understand how my debt counseling was going to blend in with this credit repair stuff, it was tough. I think in 2010, I went and took a, a job with a nonprofit I mentioned, which was also a for-profit, I had a for-profit side that did credit restoration. And there's where I learned about structure. This is how you need to structure your business. And the person that introduced me to that, her name is Carmen Johnson. And I don't give her enough credit, but th- that's her. That was the first woman I ever said, boss lady. I call her boss lady because <laughs> she had everything together. Um, mm-hmm. She's the one that taught me about structure. For, for where I was going. And then I came back to Baltimore and took everything over. And because I was offering something different and more holistic, it kept going. Another mm-hmm. powerful lady I would say would be probably my mom. Um, yeah. She hasn't really tapped into her full power yet. Uh, she looks to me a lot of times for motivation. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> she was a corporate person. And when I first told her I was starting a business, and I was leaving Toyota Financial. She was like, no, can't do it. I'm going to be broke. I'm going to be homeless. What are we going to do? She was not the most encouraging then, but she's my number one yeah. fan now. Um, she works for McCormick and Company for about 34 years. She just retired mm-hmm. last year. Um, and prior to that, I started a baking business for her. And it did so well, it scared her. So we would <laughs> yeah. go home. And she would set up tables and we would sell her stuff. And she would sell out before everyone else. And she was just like... Oh shit. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait, Ron, what am I supposed to do? So I was like, my, you know, this is your business, whatever. So when I moved here, you know, it was, I need you to fly in town and help me. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I said, Hey, you have your business and I have mine. So she's still tapping into her power and understanding what mm-hmm. the freedom is that comes along with, with, um, self-employment. She's getting yeah. it, but it's, it's just, it's, it's different for her. So it's a cool little journey. It's nice watching her. There are days when I uh, wonder if I'm the strange one in groups because I'm like, why, like, that could be a business. Why wouldn't you do that? Or like, why wouldn't you choose what gives you freedom? You know, like when people are complaining about, I can't do this, I can't do this, I'm stuck here. I'm like, why? Why is that even the conversation? I don't know. I mean, especially people Mm -hmm. that don't have attachments. So maybe if I Mm -hmm. had kids younger or if I was married, I would definitely give second thought to some of these impulsive decisions that I make. But it's so much a part of who I am. Whoever I marry is going to be completely frustrated with me a lot. So I'm just like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to go to North Dakota today. I want to teach a class at the Upsaw and I'm going to come back. You know what I mean? But that's how mm-hmm. I move. That's my energy. Mm-hmm. No, I totally relate to, you know, when you are a powerful person, how you have to be aware of how the power impacts other people. Because sometimes I may have been guilty of like rolling over people or things as I'm like, let's go. We're not going fast enough. Like all of it, everybody in. And they're like, whoa. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, people who worked with me, they're like Kara speed. So I imagine there is definitely Rhonda speed. Yeah. I mean, for- and part of the is, I'm already there. So so yes. when it comes to hiring help, people say, you got to get help. Yeah, but help slows me down because I know what needs to happen right now. And help is kind of like, okay, I'm going to do Are you working on it by now? Thank you so much for your time. You know, it's, it's just not. Mm-hmm. And I want to be more open and I want to be more trusting, but it is hard to get someone to see your vision and push it as much as you. And not yeah. look at it as, as something to do or just a little extra check or something. Yeah. it's um. You know, when I've helped clients to start building their teams, because so many are are solopreneurs when they come on as a business client, um, it's really is how do I find my clone? How do I find yeah. my mini me? Because if you found a mini Rhonda, you would be like, yes, and I'm keeping you forever and I'm going to train you. And that's it. You're right here. Kara, do you, do you have a mini Rhonda? Can you send it to me? You know what? I'm going to look. I got a whole nother room. I need help. <laughs> like she can be a roommate. She can I, be my assistant. Just stay. I got her. She's going to be all yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. No, I have, I have a client that is um, very much in the same, she has her own speed and it was hard to find people who like can make decisions quick, can pivot and do this. And, and um, that, yeah. it's hard please. to find people who can do those things, but also not be offended. So mm-hmm. I've offended so many people just because I know what I want. So if I'm going to tell you that this is what we're doing, and it's not always 
it's not being condescending, but if I'm telling you this is what we're doing, I'm going to say that and I'm going to move on to the next thing. So my expectation is that this is what we're doing. If mm-hmm. I come back and it's not done, I'm going to have questions for you. And yes. I don't know, some people, people, there are a lot of passive aggressive people who cannot get along with A-type personality. Mm-hmm. I get it. But it doesn't make either one of them bad people. It just means that we can't coexist in that space. You know what I mean? Like you might be better mm-hmm. for drinks on a Friday night as opposed to working mm-hmm. with me or in constant dialogue because I'm going to say something that's offensive. I think that people who, powerful ladies, don't have a lot of time to deal in emotion. You know what right. I mean? I can't yes. sit here and babysit how you feel if I'm presenting you with truth. If you process truth in a hurtful way, I am mm-hmm. sorry, but I am giving it to you with love. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's one of the questions I have people ask when they're interviewing people. Like, are you willing to be coached? Have you ever had a coach? Because even if you're a leader, like it's not, you know, you're, we're not giving people criticism. We're not like feedback is coaching. Like if I care about you, I'm going to coach you. Otherwise, I'm going to fire you. Like those are your two choices. So um, there is a lot of power mm-hmm. in like finding people mm-hmm. who are open to being coached. Like if you you know, we posted about an intern that we're looking for, for powerful ladies. And I'm like, you know, who wants to be a future CEO? Like, mm-hmm. that's who I'm looking for. Okay. Like, who's willing to learn? Um, because essentially, they're going to get boot camp. They're going to get business boot camp um, yes. by being on your team. And, and that is such a privilege to be able to be with someone like you on a daily basis who has done it, has been there, like keeps growing, like knows how to pivot and be creative. Right. Like there's so many things you have to offer someone. It's essentially an apprenticeship and it's not going to be comfortable. But, you know, my experience is once people prove to me that they can handle it and I can trust them and like they're contributing equally, th- like those are some of my closest friends today, like people who've been on my teams in corporate life before. So mm-hmm. with, the, with that, do you, how do you control what they do with your vision? Like not just the output that they're producing for you. Mm-hmm. How, do you get, how do you control them and, and keep them from going and doing their own thing that mm-hmm. creates competition? That's always my concern, the trustworthiness of it all. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think if we separate um, the, the two parts of that, like um, fulfilling your vision versus them going and kind of copying it. Right. I always focus first on getting people to to do, like, really know my why. Why am I doing this? Who am I doing it for? What are we providing? Because you're not providing, your how is through credit services, but your what is really transforming someone's entire life, their family legacy, their freedom. Like, that's what you're giving people. And so if I can interview people and have them be able to articulate back to me my who, why, and my what, I know we're in a, in a close space and I like picking people who have that same passion as well, or like those things matter to them. Um, and then in regards to people worrying that people are going to copy and like, and become competition Mm -hmm. for me, that comes back into the, it's a mix of, of arrogance and faith, (laughs) faith that there is plenty of room for everyone. Like until, until we have this, you know, especially in your world, right? Until people get this and they're, they can manage their money properly, we need all the help we can get. Okay. And then um, there's also room for everybody because you are going to be so different than anyone that you train that just like you've talked about, like clients that you've rejected, they might fit with the person that goes uh, through your boot camp. Uh-huh. 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 And then on the other side, like no one's ever going to be you, right? Like mm-hmm. it's impossible. Like they won't have your background, your experience, your, like you're already 15 years ahead of the curve for anyone that would start now. So it's like, okay, cool. Like I'll be impressed if you can get halfway and I'll, and me feel nervous, right? There's just so many things, right? You know how special you are about your drive and your determination and the fact that you have to force yourself to unplug. Right. All of these combinations that you have that make you the unicorn that you are, like it's, you're never going to find that in somebody else. So you'll always have a competitive advantage that even if they try, it would, you know, right. yeah, be, be honored that they think that they can, like that you've, you've taught them so well that they're going to try. You're like, all right, I did a great job then. Let's see what you do. Right. Well, this is okay. I'm going to go see yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I think too, because you have, you said you have like a model in your business, right? Where you can set people up to do what you do in other places. Yeah, but see, I'm still controlling. So, um, <laughs> so what I do mm-hmm. is I, I give them sales tools. Um, I teach them how to read a mm-hmm. report. Um, I teach them how to communicate with a client, a prospective client. And then mm-hmm. when they get people, we look at their report together. I provide the entire outline and pricing, and then we split a commission for them. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not letting them do the work. So I'm giving them, so if, if they were coming and you were care credit, then yeah. they would only know about you. I'm doing everything on the back end. I'm back office support. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that sounds to me like we have some scaling opportunities to give you more freedom and more money. Like, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think, you know, when you look at really moving up to the next level of, of entrepreneur, right. It's like, Mm -hmm. how do you do less than make more? How do you, how are you the Tony Robbins of your industry Mm -hmm. and all the, what I see reoccurring and I put into my kind of system Mm -hmm. is be okay with like giving a lot of things away and like letting it go because the more I can give people and the more other people can do, the more I, it just keeps coming and I can just like sit back. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have to teach me. Teach me. Open. <laughs> I don't feel like that, but teach me. I'm open. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, when you look at, you know, how you've pivoted in your businesses in your life, what are some of the milestones that you look back on that were hard, but you're really proud of those moments? Okay, so I remember starting, and mm-hmm. I remember everyone having no faith, and um, of course, we used to be past that. I remember being in an apartment. At the time, we had a, a third business partner who was stealing from us that we didn't know. Oh, so we were taking all of these people during the week. This is always on I. We were taking a lot of people during the week, and then at the end of the week, when we're looking at what our profit should be, it wasn't there. So like, this is interesting. But it put us all in a position where we didn't have as much. So I remember my lights being cut off. I remember my water being cut off. Um, and I remember getting evicted first time. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I ended up finding another place down the street. I stayed there for a while. And, and then this takes me to like 2010-ish when I went to work for the other company because my partner and I had a fallen out. And um, around that time, my car got repoed. And I had to depend on a perfect stranger. It was a client from Baltimore. It was like, I got to go out that way for work in PG anyway. I can just take you all the time. Like an angel just fell on my lap. She didn't know me. She just knew my situation. You know what I mean? And so she was taking me and I ended up buying a, a little raggedy car at a high interest rate. I mean, I was going through so much stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I made through that. And then um, my partner and I got back together. By that time, I had all my knowledge from D.C., I was ready and I was on it. And at this time, mm-hmm. I made him sign over 80% of the business to me. So now I'm in complete control. Whatever we're doing, I'm doing it. You stick to real estate. You stick to our car dealership. You stick to our assisted livings. We had a, um, uh, a whole bunch of different companies under us mm-hmm. that technically would flourish eventually. But you know, most businesses in the beginning don't do so well. So I would mm-hmm. say from 2008 until 2014-ish. 2014, I was on the worship team at the biggest mm-hmm. church in Baltimore, the New Psalmist Baptist Church. And yeah. um, when I was there, the spirit was speaking to me and was telling me that I'm going to grow your business. Now, I'm Methodist technically, just so you know. So Methodism, <laughs> um, the spirit don't speak to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the spirit speaks to other people. It's not like Pentecostal where they're mm-hmm. shouting, no, we don't do that. So mm-hmm. I'm hearing it and I was like, wait, is this the Lord? Is he... T- is he telling me this? Because I just don't understand. Why would he tell me? And I, I was so kind of like, why wouldn't he tell me that he's going to give me like a man? Why is he telling me that he's going to grow yeah. this business that has gotten on my nerves for six years? That moment, everything changed. Mm-hmm. That moment, all the windows opened. At that time, I was able to hire an assistant. I created an actual schedule. And in 2014 is when I became Ms. Brunson Credit Queen. Up until that point, my mm-hmm. name was Rhonda Brunson under S. Foreman and Associates. That every, every mountain, every valley has led to an amazing yeah. moment, every single one. So I don't really yeah. get discouraged when things terrible happen. I know something great is on the other side of that because life yeah. has always shown me that. But 
small little hurdles, but major victories. <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, I got chills. I'm getting teary eyed. Like hearing that story, I felt it all. And it's like, I don't think that people who have success often share the, um, like the, the spiritual things that happen to them that like give you either a tap on the shoulder or sometimes a full like smack in the face of like, yes or no. Mm-hmm. And some, like, I really believe in that. Like we just n- know things sometimes that we don't know where it comes from, or like we feel something that we don't know where it comes from. And whatever people are believing, like everyone, no matter what their religious or spiritual beliefs are, have all had a moment like that where they're like, wait, where did that come from? And it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very modern today to like tap into what that is and to be listening more, whether it's through prayer or meditation, but there's some power there that if you're willing to listen to it, it can definitely change what's next. And the moments are continuous. So mm-hmm. in 16, mm-hmm. everything with shit because my income changed so drastically by removing. Um, and then now, now I'm here and mm-hmm. my bills are the same. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I start looking for jobs. Every time I've gone through financial hardship, like it could be a month, whatever, I would try to find something else to do. It wouldn't work. I, I was like, yeah. I'm yeah. going to do something else. You know, I, I'm the worst interview candidate right now because I've come in so boss-like. <laughs> I'm telling them how this is going to go. I'm not designed for interviews. I'm supposed to do this every day. So yeah. those moments, every time you're going to try to quit, whatever you're supposed to, if you're living in your purpose, it is going to continue mm-hmm. to reinsert itself in your life and it will make you completely uncomfortable and out of control, but it's natural. You know, it, it's yes. just like, I submit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm back. Mm-hmm. I got my desk now. Do you see me? Okay. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> stop. Stop yelling at me. I'm oh. here. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, be, you know, when, we get so nervous to lean in on these things that we're like, really, is that it? Like that wasn't always part of my plan, but you know, I love the quote from Joseph Campbell. You have to be willing to let go of the future you had planned to have the one that's waiting for you. And I also hate it because, you know, like you, I like making what I want happen. And sometimes what I want to happen isn't happening. And it's like, um, I have a list and what about the rest of the list? Hey Lord. How you doing? Uh, yeah. right here, this, this paragraph is where we are right now on the list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah. Can we get any of these other things happening? If I stay here, will you work on those? Right. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We ask everyone on the podcast where they rank themselves as a powerful lady. Zero being average everyday human and 10 being utmost powerful lady. Where would you rank yourself today? And where would you rank yourself on an average day? Is 15 like a thing or no? For sure. Okay, for well, sure. I'm 15. <laughs> and, um, let me mm-hmm. see. An average day. Yeah, on an average day, I don't think I would go any lower than a nine because the, the power mm-hmm. that lies in, in, within me is just, it's always, it's, it's omnipresent. I can't, yeah. you can't, t- I can't turn mine off. Even when mm-hmm. I want to, even when I want to be vulnerable, even in my sadness, it's still a controlled environment for me. So, I would say I don't, I don't normally function any lower than a nine in power. Okay. I love that. Nine is, I, <laughs> nine is my, nine is my lowest day. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, when we ask everyone on that, I think I'm going to have to start doing um, some sort of visual to show where all powerful ladies are ranking, like where people put themselves, because it's such a personal and psychological question. And it's fascinating what people come back with from answers. Yeah. So when obviously you know, COVID has thrown all plans out the window and we've all pivoted and shuffled. But Mm -hmm. what are you excited about for the rest of 2020 or what are you creating that you're excited about next? Well, I'm kind of excited about rest. So Uh I am hoping that things balance out quickly so that some of this anxiety can deflate. It's so thick outside. Mm-hmm. Everyone you're talking to has so many problems. Everything's amplified because they're in their mind a lot. It's nowhere. We don't have our normal stress reliever. So I'm looking forward to some of this pressure coming down. Um, what am I excited about? I'm excited about Vegas. Um, yeah. I am a traveler. I have not really been anywhere since January. So that is crazy to me. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited to just try to get out and uh, 
do something new business-wise. If things slow down, I will be excited to finish this book. I want to write this book that pokes fun at how women handle their men and their finances the exact same way. But I can't get it out because I'm busy all the time. So I'm excited to <laughs> play. Don't see it. No, I think that's a great book. Mm-hmm. I already can see parallels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, as people who are listening are like, I want to be Rhonda or I want to be able to, you know, aspire to be, what are some th- advice that you would give them or uh, any tools that you would uh, recommend as well? Uh, I would advise you to read some books. Um, what was one? Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, of course. Um, the Circle Maker is a book. I love, and that's about prayer and faith and not mm-hmm. really believing. What it does is it challenges you to remember that spirit is huge. So when you go to ask the universe for anything, stop praying small. Don't have small expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, please help me pay this car. No, your expectation is please help me pay this car off. You know, just learning how to verbalize with, with spirit. I would advise you to get in touch with your spiritual self. Uh, find some grounding, do some meditation, make time for yourself. That's important. And mm-hmm. and then when you get off track and you lose it, you go back and find it unapologetically. Um, I was created this way when I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very close to my grandmother's sisters because I don't even have any first cousins. It's just me and children. So mm-hmm. um, my grandmother's sister, I've been saying since I was three would stand me in the hallway and tell everyone in the living room to be quiet. And then she would say, ladies and gentlemen, introducing Rhonda Brunson. And I had to come out and sing and dance real hard. (laughs) And so I can't tell you because the reason I am so charismatic, I was raised like this. This is uh, 32 years in the making. (laughs) I can't, I can't really give you this, this whole blueprint because so much of it, Happen at home. Now, if you want to build you a Rhonda, when you have a little girl, you feed her every good thing you got. You can never let her know that she can't do anything because she's amazing and she's bright and she's smart and she's talented mm-hmm. and she can do anything she wants. And if you tell her that, by the time she gets my age, she will be sold on it and no one can tell her anything any different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. And I love that you just created how nobody can ever compete with you. <laughs> Okay, true. Very yeah. <laughs> true. Point taken. Yeah. They, they didn't have they didn't have the ladies and gentlemen at home. Right. So That's they'll never catch up. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes I still hear that when I walk in the room. Here I am. I love that. I know. <laughs> well, and there's so many people that um, you know, we have to uh prep them to go and like give a speech or be in front of people. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know. If you love Beyonce, like she had to make Sasha Fierce, like right. she had to make someone else. That's not her natural habitat. Right. That's so you can make someone else, but I love the idea of like, you know, you already know when you're walking out, you're getting applause. Yes. You already know it because mm-hmm. you always like, you never saw anything different. Nope. nope. La- you say, ladies and gentlemen, you say my name, I get applause. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How important have fellow powerful women been in your life? And do you keep a close group of powerful ladies in your circle? Okay. I am the only female in different male groups. Mm -hmm. So um, when it comes to, now I have powerful ladies that I have brought on. So my, um, Mm -hmm. my accountant, when we first met in 2009, um, we started doing something in Baltimore called Super Saturdays, where we would bring all these mm-hmm. financial people together so we could mm-hmm. host clients and address all of their financial needs. She will tell you in her testimony, Rhonda inspired me so much because I was like, listen, we're going to bring people in, but you got to stop entertaining them at your house. You can't do house clients anymore. So I stepped her game up and mm-hmm. got her in mm-hmm. office space, and then I brought her into my office. So, um, and now she's still working out of her own space. It's no longer in her home. That's a powerful lady to me, but we, we built that power together. I fed into her mm-hmm. as well. Oh, like you're confident you can do this. You got this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, powerful ladies that work around me. I got some, some girlfriends who are all into different things. The majority of my friends are technically entrepreneurs. Um, mm-hmm. They do amazing things, but, but when we get together, we don't discuss business. 
we our our common ground is that we I don't like the term boss at all. I guess if you looked at it, Mm -hmm. it could be considered bosses. But I don't really like that because I work really hard. And if I was a boss, I wouldn't work. I wouldn't. This would not be my life. So um, I have those, but we don't really get into those type of conversations. Uh, So when it comes to business, I try to keep business conversations with other professionals, be it male or female, in my Mm -hmm. arena. Um, And then for regular girl stuff, I got a mixture of of girl and guy friends for that. Yeah. One of, one of the success mindset tips that I've heard repeatedly is, or like mistakes people make that prevent them from the success they want is getting bad advice, mm. you know? And so I love that you've already separated, like, I'm going to talk business with people I know are giving me good feedback from their own experience, or they've done it and they've seen it mm-hmm. versus people who are just sharing from who knows what. A male friend and I go back and forth because he had a girlfriend and he was like, ah, she doesn't want to start a business. She doesn't want to do this. But we're supposed to be a power couple. And I was like, oh, but she's not here for that. See, she's mm-hmm. here to date you. I mm-hmm. don't go into relationships thinking I'm going to make this man Mr. Credit Queen. No, right. I want him to do his own thing. I want to continue to do my thing with my professional group of people who I've depended on and come to know. I don't need a new person to build a business. I don't yeah. need that. We, we had... Um, Casey and Danielle, the hosts of Bitch Sesh, the podcast on. They're also um, actresses and comedians. And what I thought was so fascinating about them is, sure, they're a creative partnership. They do business together. But they also have had their whole lives a, a creative partner for what they've done. And it's been other powerful women. So they each have their own and then they have each other. And like you said, they're they're their men are doing something else and they might be in the same field, but they're like, no, like you having power couples are incredible, but power couples don't have to be romantic. That's very true. But I think Mm -hmm. that some of that has to do with the Obama remit. People see Barack, they see Michelle and they Mm -hmm. want that. And it's cool. That's just not that common. And Mm -hmm. it can't be built. That's like a perfect cosmic storm of of energy that happened mm-hmm. to me. That's not normal. So I don't I don't have those expectations of my friends. I'm not mm-hmm. one of the people that push like, we should be doing something together. Let's do business together. No, no, please stay my friend because I am not somebody you want to play with in business. So no, yeah. it's just a different environment. Let's just stay friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you look at the um, Barack and Michelle story, like their intention was never a power couple. Right. And, right. and if you see how, like when they, when they, when one of them or the other has been in their power place, the other one has been taken a back seat because you kind of have to, to make yes, just yeah. life work and family work. Right. Um, so like Michelle's you know, obviously was in the spotlight when she was first lady, but she's really stepped into a different space since right. where Barack has kind of stepped back. Like we're right. talking, I bet her name is Googled more than his right now. Right, right, right. Uh, so I think like, you know, and you never know sometimes you can't, you don't pick someone and say, they're going to be my, they're going to be my yeah, sidekick. This, yeah. this is my future 500, future five, what is it? Fortune 500, uh, yes. cold counterpart. Mm-hmm. No, uh-huh. probably not. So, no. yeah. Well, yeah. And even looking at our businesses, like we didn't start out be- thinking like, that's it. That's the thing. Right, right, right. No. Well, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Um, thank you for being a yes to me and powerful ladies. And um, if there's anything else that you want to share with everyone listening, I'll give you some space to do so now. I mean, I, if anything, I would just encourage you to follow my journey uh, at Ms. Brunson underscore credit queen. I'm getting back into the swing of things. I'm going to be producing more video content uh, to help teach and preach the credit gospel to all who listen. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's totally true that when I was on True for Hardy's show with Rhonda, I instantly thought, yes, that is a woman I want in my power circle. Finding other powerful ladies in the wild is so exciting. It's like when secret spies find each other in the movies and you think, ooh, this is going to get good. What happens when powerful ladies unite? The world wakes up and things start to shift. To connect, support, and follow Rhonda, you can follow her on Instagram, Ms. Brunson underscore credit queen. Find her on Facebook, Rhonda Brunson. 
her website, MsBCredit.com. We have all the correct spellings and all other ways that you can connect with her on our website, thepowerfulladies.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Powerful Ladies podcast. There are so many ways you can get involved and get supported with fellow powerful ladies. First, subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. Join the Powerful Ladies Thrive Collective. This is the place where powerful ladies connect, level up, and learn how to thrive in business and life. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. And of course, visit our website, thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer, composer, and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. Without her, this wouldn't be possible. You can follow her on Instagram at Jordan K. Duffy. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.